When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 588! 397! Ah, yes, it is that time oh. in our Buddy, is it ever? Oh, yes. Oh, man. uh, The voice of Rami Makhlov Mm. in full Chicago Cub gear today. I don't know why people always feel the need to point that out. Because it's all you wear. It's It's not all I wear. It's one third of my... I don't remember the last time I saw you. I have a system. I don't remember the last time I saw you wearing non-Cubs gear. I have three drawers full of t-shirts. Top drawer is just plain tees. No graphics, no logos, no prints, no nothing. Middle is printed tees with, like, movies, comics, bands. Bottom drawer, full of Cubs shirts. And I rotate. Every day I pull a shirt out of a different drawer. I just can't so believe it. Yeah, I don't think that's, a, so I don't one think out, that's an accurate one out of every One out of every three days. I can't believe someone would organize. <laughs> How many t-shirts? shirts do you have? How many T-shirts total? Yeah, if you're filling three drawers of T-shirts. And three big drawers. It's like a big Ikea And let's drawer be honest, chest. the bottom drawer is the most together? Pro- oh, way too Nine long. hours? <laughs> way too long. I got a bed frame, and I'm not, I'm not kidding oh, you. goodness. Eight hours to oh put together God. a bed frame. I think I Ikea. have, to answer Jonathan's question, about 75 T-shirts at least. 75? That, that are in the regular rotation. So can I say this about the Ikea Then how furniture? come I've seen that shirt six times? Because <laughs> Cub shirts are a third of the rotation. But if you've got 75, it means you should have 25 Cubs shirts. 25 Cubs shirts. I probably have about 15 Cubs shirts. I still, I've seen that one six times. This hasn't been worn six times since I moved here. I've seen that one a lot. What Three, I maybe. appreciate about Ikea is that they include extra stuff that you don't need to just <laughs> yes. mess with you. Just to I'm confuse like, you. I respect that. I hate that, but I respect that. And that's I, something Matthew Collar would do. That's that, why you that's respect right. it. Like, yeah. This doesn't go to anything. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did, you Ikea. Got again. You got All me right. again. Let's uh, ramp it up here and get away from Rami's Cubs gear and <laughs> on to our hot routes of football. First hot route, everyone. 
What do you want to go with? Cub 33. Rick Wilkins 44. <laughs> Sean Dunstan 32. We'll do all Cubs hot routes. <laughs> Odell Beckham says that he can now reach his full potential that he's away from Eli Manning and the New York Giants. Part one to this, biased Danny, um, is he right? Part two, what is something where you never reach your potential in, in life? Uh, part one, yes, he's right. He's going to have the best year of his career. He's played with, in Eli Manning, for the most part of his career, has not been a very good quarterback. Let's let's be honest with ourselves there. That Baker Mayfield in year two should be by far the best quarterback that, he's, that he has played with for his entire career. By virtue of that, he should get a lot better. He should see better numbers. He should be able to, he should have more catches. He should have more yards, more touchdowns now. On the flip side, I think that this offense in Cleveland probably has more talents as well, so that could be something that maybe deflates things a little bit. So I do think that he can reach his full potential in Cleveland and certainly can be a better player, assuming he stays healthy in Cleveland. This is supposed to be a yes or no. Yes. Okay. So now, what is something that you have never reached your full potential in? Football. Football. That's right. You suffered from injuries. I got hurt a lot. I had had five surgeries in three years, played eight games in college. I missed... uh, I believe I missed 24 games due to injury in a three-year span. So Five I'm, surgeries in three years? To yes. what? Uh, two on my left shoulder, one on my right shoulder, and two on my left foot. Mm. So I missed that a lot of time. That doesn't sound like fun at all. It was not fun. I uh, There were better days. He was, he was a bust. Uh, Ronnie? Yes. Got a full scholarship, though, so I'm not complaining. Um, answer to the first question, yes. I think there is there is more room for growth for, for Odell Beckham Jr. And if the Browns don't revert back to Brown stuff... He should be able to elevate his game even another level. Uh, as far as what I never reached my full potential in, none of you are going to believe this when I say it. You will mock me. You will say I'm a liar. Very likely. I, I at one time, I don't know if I still do because I don't go back to look at the wall and check, once held the Illinois state record in competitive weightlifting for squatting. Wow! When I was really? 16 years old, I squatted 600 pounds, and uh, was actually thinking Olympics. <laughs> was actually thinking like oh one day I want to be a power lifter in the Olympics. Wow! And then I turned 17, and I found uh, having fun and girls and uh, <laughs> things I shouldn't be doing at that age, and lost interest in spending hours upon hours in a weight room. When I wow. Google Rami Makhlouf powerlifting, nothing yes. comes up. Well, this was in like 1995, dude. The internet was barely that, a thing. I would, I would think that the record. Like would I said, be you'll call me a liar. I, no, I, I'm not calling you a liar. I just, I think it's a little sad. I mean, you just went the wrong path with your life. And I know. How, much, how much did you Here weigh you at the time you squatted? You could have been in the Olympics. I was probably 270, be like between 270 and 280. But a pretty, I mean, I was fat. I'm not going to say I wasn't fat, but a pretty solid. 270, 280, like offensive guard build 270, 280. I think the part where I might call you a liar is when you first said girls. Like when you're like, oh, I, got, <laughs> I, got, I got distracted by like girls. Like obviously, guys, you know, ladies will ruin everything. It was, uh, I, I it was a game sure, of two okay. truths and a lie. You spotted it, Matthew <laughs> Collar. Well done. Uh, Jonathan Odell Beckham and where you did not reach your full potential. Uh, Yes, he can reach his full potential. He's now in an organization with a quarterback who can actually make him better. I know Danny's smiling from ear to ear over there hearing this. Uh, Where I haven't reached my full potential, I would probably have to say sports. I just... Anything. Got, yeah, all anything. Sports. All sports. Anything you tried. Yeah. Video games got in the way, and I just became lazy and just didn't try. 
as much as I probably should I'm should've. surprised no one went radio. <laughs> Not until we get on FM. <laughs> so I'm going to say this about Odell Beckham. That his first three years of his career, 91, 96, and 101 catches, averaging around 15 yards of reception, 60% completion percentage throwing his way or higher, and at one point led the NFL in yards per touch in 2016, Pro Bowl or all three years. I would expect that Odell Beckham from Cleveland. I don't think that there's more than 100 catches and leading the NFL in yards per touch, um, but... That's still one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the NFL. I don't expect 2,000 yards from him. They've got enough playmakers that they'll spread it out to Landry and, and other places and Nick Chubb. So I, I think we should expect 2014 through 2016 Odell Beckham, where I did not reach my full potential. There's probably a few different places here. Um, but I would say I am very good at playing the guitar. But at one time much like you wanted to be an Olympian, Rami, mm-hmm. I was thinking that I would make a career in music. Maybe not e- even just as a like a band guy or whatever, grunge band or something, but, but even just as a professional guitar Like a player. session musician. Yeah, something like right. that. Right. And then kind of got into this business, and now it's just something where I pick it up and, and play. But when I was 16, 17 years old, it was something that I was very committed to and put hours and hours and hours into getting better and better and better so i don't i don't do that anymore i just jam so it's probably that and i would also say as i'm trying to now in rec league with danny um trying to step up my game and fulfill my true potential need you to make a couple more shots this week i I know i know everyone knows danny i need to make some you guys have a team name uh ouch my ankle ouch my ankle is our team name yeah (laughs) Um, so we didn't name the team appropriate for Danny though, since he's injured all the time, but I did not play high school basketball, even though I was good at it because I didn't like the guy who was coaching. It was, it was really that simple. I played baseball and I was good at basketball, but I was like, Nope, not playing for that guy. So I kind of wish that had worked out. All right. Our second hot route. Hmm. What should we go with here? Are you calling audibles? Cause I got an email. Danny Moyer 43. Jamie Moyer was a Cub. Yeah, he was. I love Jamie Moyer. At what age? Now, like 20 minutes ago, we mentioned It was like a half century ago. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. Like the 70s when Jamie Moyer was a Cub. I was trying to go the deepest cut I could go with that. Uh, A songwriting team is accusing Carrie Underwood of stealing the opening to Sunday Night Football's song from last year, saying she used a slightly modified version of what they wrote. Um, do you guys like the Sunday Night Football song from last year, and do we still need songs before National Football League games? I'm not really a fan of the song leading into mm. l- leading into these games. Like, I think having theme music the way that Round Ball Rock was for the NBA on NBC, like that stuff is yep. fine. But I don't need a I don't need a music video leading into the game. The best part about the intro to the Sunday Night Football games is when Chris Collinsworth does the little slide the into the broadcast. That's, pretty That's great. the best part. I don't need Carrie Underwood. I don't need whoever does the Monday Night Football one. Although I will say the best song like that as a lead into something is the College Game Day one on Saturday morning. The Coming to Your City or whatever. That's the best one. I uh, don't like the Carrie Underwood song, the theme song, and I don't think we need it. But I, don't, I mean, I'm never against a good tune. You know what I mean? Like, are you ready for some football in its time? Was great, dude. Nothing got you ready for football better than 
are you ready for some football on a Monday night? Like, I knew it was time for Monday night football when that song played, and it got me pumped. And Did, that was, did you forget about Monday night football until that came out? You're like, oh, I'm ready for football now. Now I am. Oh, what I the knew, hell day is it? I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming, but I wasn't ready for it until Hank Williams asked me, are you ready for some football? Then I knew it was football time. Then I was ready. Not a fan. Never have been, really. I think it's kind of pointless at this point. Just get to the game. I mean, I thought it was kind of catchy, and they would play it when you were at the stadium for national games, and they'd be playing it like intermittently throughout the game. And I was going to like, okay, I can hum along a little to it. Um, but the Monday Night Football song cannot be replicated. It's like find your own intro because you can't do this. I mean, even with the round ball rock, every NBA broadcast tries to somehow like take some version of that. Recreate it. Yeah. And it's not as TNT's good. TNT's is okay. It's okay, but I couldn't hum one to you right now. Yeah. Round ball rock, I could do the whole thing, including like the guitar solo with a kazoo. So, yeah, that's right. Anyway, I uh, well, we know what we're airing tomorrow. I think it was. <laughs> I want to hear that now. Uh, ye- yesterday on the uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami show, I talked about my phobia of country music. So it probably oh, yeah. shouldn't shock or surprise you to learn that I thought Faith Hill was doing the Sunday Night Football song oh, until I, I read that story. Point, right? Until well. I assume she still was. Oh, sure. And I don't think I know the difference between a Carrie Underwood and a Faith Hill. Can you explain the phobia of country music? Because I didn't hear this. Uh, I also dislike country music, so I'm probably, I don't know that I'm scared of it. I have. But I would like to hear your phobia. I wouldn't describe it as a fear. It's a reaction, like you have to any phobia that you don't. You don't really I mean, isn't have a phobia of fear. You don't have control over that reaction. But if, when you say fear, that means like a conscious fear. Like I see something and I go, I'm scared of that. But like flying, <laughs> I know that flying is safe. But I have a phobia of flying that oh. is completely senseless. So when you get on a plane, you don't go, I'm scared of that. No, I don't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be scared of it. But something in my brain and my body tells me this is not right. You are in danger. And uh, when I hear... happens with country music. When I hear country... (laughs) It does. When I hear country music, I get... Actually... I get an uneasy feeling. I sweat. I get a feeling in the pit of my stomach, like a knot. It's a real thing. It's called cantorophobia. Look it up. I feel like I I don't want to get too deep into this, Uh but... I'll just say I could see it. For, cer- <laughs> for certain reasons, I could see I could see it. Anyway, uh, our next... I know round. what you're saying. I see yeah. what you see. He's up, Troy, 33! Oh, I loved he's up, Troy. Good player. Too bad mm. he had that injury. Yeah. Um, Bruce Arian said that he sees a once-in-a-lifetime attitude from linebacker Devin White. Now, I have no ever-loving clue what a once-in-a-lifetime attitude is, um, but... Give me your favorite once-in-a-lifetime NFL player. I think for me it has to be Baker Mayfield because I've been... Oh, my God. I have been... No, 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 no. Listen, Just go. get out. Just go. No. This is ridiculous. No. For, for Cleveland, it is once-in-a-lifetime it's been. Baker Mayfield. I've been, I've been alive for 25 years, and this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing for me. That's what it has to be. You invited him. Don't look at me. Yeah, yes, yeah. this will not. You said again. Danny's sticking this, around for hot routes. You wanted I said, the Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> I I included Odell Beckham just for you. Okay, mature people, answer. Uh, Jay Cutler. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> he was once in a lifetime. He was. As a Bears fan, I can make the same case that Danny just made for Baker Mayfield because our quarterback history was that putrid. But I will say. 
I think what Bruce Arians is talking about is what I saw in Mike Singletary, which was an intensity that you rarely come across mm-hmm. those eyes, those giant bulging eyes behind the defensive line yes. before the snap of the football. Like I w- There aren't too many guys who can motivate me. I'd run through a wall for Mike Singletary just watching that dude play. If I was his teammate, I'd follow suit and do whatever he asked me to do. I like it. For me, it was Randy Moss. Just seeing how the game has changed since he came into the league, it's been impressive to see how he changed not only how offense is played, but how other teams in his division drafted. The the very next year, you saw Green Bay draft a ton of corners that next year to basically just stop Randy Moss. I, uh, as a dog lover, do not advocate everything that this person did in their life, but I will go in terms of entertainment value of watching a -a once-in-a-lifetime player, Mike Vick, I don't think there will ever be a guy who can dominate the game with his legs and throw the ball 80 yards anytime he wants mm-hmm. to, like Mike Vick did. So he was, and when he was playing and not killing dogs, he was one of my favorites ever to watch. And I'm glad that he got his life back together, by the way. Uh, our next hot route, we'll go with another first baseman, Derek Lee, 33. What number was Derek Lee? 25. 25. Yep. I have a Derek Lee jersey in my possession. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> uh, Why haven't we seen that one? Cam, you know what? I'll wear it tomorrow. Guys, Cam Newton missed a flight. <laughs> so he ended up in coach. Like, imagine, it's Cam Newton there just on your crappy flight. Um, he offered a fellow passenger $1,500 cash. Why wouldn't you have $1,500 cash on you? To switch seats. The man is 6'5". He wants to switch seats. His legs are hurting. Um... I have no idea why this person would pass up on the offer, but they did with Cam Newton. So that stinks for him. But tell me your worst flight story. Mm. I've been fairly lucky with how flying has gone for me for the most part, but I was flying to Cancun for vacation last year, and the flight got delayed three hours because a flight attendant did not show up for his or her shift. And they almost canceled the flight like they luckily got another flight attendant in and the flight was fairly empty. But by law, you have to have a certain number of flight attendants on the on the plane. Sure. So I almost had my vacation ruined because someone did not show up to work. All right. Do you want scary or do you want funny? Funny. I'll give you funny. We'll go funny. All right. I I told the story on Mackie and Judd with Rami, but a lot of people might not have been listening to that on that particular they day in that particular it, segment. Go ahead. They have um, the Score North app. Separate Score podcast North feeds. Com, Score North mobile app. The people on Alexa heard. So I have a, <laughs> much like my fear of, of country music, I have a phobia when it comes to flying. I don't handle flying well, so I am prescribed, assigned a cocktail of drugs before I get on an airplane. By a doctor. Don't try this on your own. This is sanctioned and 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 verified and approved by a doctor. I take Xanax, Benadryl, and Dramamine an hour before wheels are up. And <laughs> this is Dr. Nick from the Simpsons? <laughs> That's what I thought. This can't be a real doctor. It's like his buddy down the street, right? And I board. What, uh, what mini mall is this doctor's office? I'm out before, before we even take off. Before we even start moving down the runway, I am out. I am out cold, right? Um, so a few years ago, when I was working in Milwaukee, we were going down to Brewer's Spring Training. I took that cocktail, woke up feeling great in Phoenix, guys. Just feeling outstanding. The sun was shining, and we went... Straight from the airport to the ballpark, we would always land on a Friday, so we'd have the weekend, and then we'd start working on Monday, right? 
So we get to the ballpark. It's Friday afternoon. It's gorgeous out. There's baseball being played. I just came from snowy, sloppy Wisconsin. It exits my mind that I took this cocktail of drugs not six hours ago, and I start throwing back the beers and the Bloody Marys and smoking a cigar. (laughs) Don't do this. This was a complete mistake. I wouldn't have done this consciously, but I did. By the time we got back to the car, my co-host was the driver. I was supposed to be the navigator, pulling up Google Maps or whatever on my phone, telling him where to go. Before he got into the driver's seat, I was out cold, (laughs) non-responsive, drooling. He thought, instead of, hey, let's go back to the Airbnb we're staying at, let's go to the outlet mall and go shopping. (laughs) My co-host, Gary Ellerson, played for the Packers, tall black man, bald head. I apparently, at some point from across the store, thought a mannequin was Gary because it was tall and black and bald. I bought a sweater that I have no recollection of buying, which is one of my favorite sweaters in my wardrobe now. And then we went back to the Airbnb. I walked straight to the couch in the living room, passed out on it, slept for 20 straight hours, 20 straight hours, snoring so loud that you could hear it throughout the house. When I woke up, I asked Gary if he was concerned about me at any point and thought he should tell like a medical professional what had just happened and he went no dog you were snoring the whole time so I knew you were breathing (laughs) (laughs) so what time did you wake up it was it was Saturday evening I went I crashed on the couch it was an afternoon game so I remember the sun I kind of remember the sun was still up when we got back to the house and then I woke up Saturday evening, and there was a, a barbecue going on in our backyard. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Jonathan, your nightmare flying story. It ended up not being a flying story because the it was on a band trip in high school. We were down in New Orleans, and the bus driver was coming to pick us up that morning because we were heading home. Didn't come and pick us up, so we missed our flight. They tried to rebook a flight for us, and they couldn't get all of us on a flight, so we ended up... <laughs> taking that bus ride all the way from New Orleans back up to Minnesota with that bus driver who made us miss the flight. That was his final trip because he was getting fired afterwards, (laughs) essentially. So he had to drive us up to Minnesota, and it was a 24-hour straight bus ride back. That's awful. Oh, no. Um, Ew. I missed school the next day, so I was okay with it. Mine happened on a bus for 24 hours. I was supposed to attend the NFL Combine this year. Uh, I got on the flight, headed toward the NFL Combine, Got on the runway, which we stopped to have the plane de-iced, and then the crew had been on for too long, so they're timed out, so we had to go back, and then we were told, okay, we're actually going to get a new crew for you guys, so just hang tight. Everybody stick here. It's probably like 9 o'clock at night. Okay, no problem. I left the airport at 1 after being told that the flight was moved to the next day, which would have been okay, but it was the next afternoon of which... My show is usually done, so we just (laughs) called it a day and never flew to the NFL Combine, unfortunately. Uh, Final hot route. Matt Ryan says that the Falcons have a great chance to reach the Super Bowl this year. If he continues to put up big numbers but can't win, I think that Matt Ryan could go down as one of the best quarterbacks ever to not win a Super Bowl. Um, If you guys could give a Super Bowl ring to one ringless quarterback, who would it be? I think it would be Matt Ryan or Philip Rivers. I, I think that both of those guys have had really great careers, and I do feel bad for the for Matt Ryan because of the twenty eight to three 
choke job that they had against the Patriots where much of it really wasn't his fault. And you would like to see a guy like that be rewarded for the career he's had. So I'll go with him over Phillip Rivers, but I think that it would be an awesome story for the Falcons to win one. Are we limiting this to current NFL quarterbacks or any current or any, any quarterback? It's got to be Dan Marino then, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that guy is the greatest quarterback to never win a ring. I mean, the way that I was thinking of it is it could be a guy that you just really like or. Oh, then the Jay Cutler. <laughs> Did you really like Jay Cutler? I love Jay Cutler. Oh, I really do. I think he got a bad rap. Not a likable guy. Eh. I thought it was. I thought it was over the top too. Sometimes I think that's more about you than it is Jay Cutler. Is it? I think so. How is it I about mean, people me? who dislike Jay Cutler, it's more of a you problem than a Jay Cutler is problem. It? it is. How so? Yep. Because you're putting stock in things that really don't matter. Like what? Like how his face looks when oh, that's no, just no, his no, face. Not that. No, that's I would, just his face. I would put it in the terrible interceptions and everyone like not liking him on the team. I don't. I think him. that's a misconception mm, that people know. on the team didn't like him. Kyle Long cried when Jay Cutler left the Bears. I'm not saying no cried. one liked him. I'm right. saying that in terms of your leadership qualities for a quarterback, oh, no, he I'm wasn't not a leader. Sure that he had those. not a leader, but yeah. that doesn't make him a bad teammate. It just makes him not a leader. I think he was just. A, I think he was a mediocre quarterback who had more talent than he ever realized, which is annoying. I think he was ruined by the Bears. There there are three things you can do to ruin a quarterback, like three simple things you can do to ruin a quarterback. Uh, No offensive line. They did that his first four years Mm -hmm. there. No weapons around him. They did that until until they got Brandon Marshall. They had Devin Hester was his number one receiver. My case, I rest my case. And a new offensive coordinator every year. I think he had five offensive coordinators in seven years in Chicago. That'll ruin anybody. Okay. I'll give you Jay Cutler. I'll I'll never be a big fan of his. From his personality and from all the just tremendously awful interceptions, but I'm, I'm the twelfth best quarterback in the league that he played, <laughs> Jonathan. I'm giving it to 1998 Randall Cunningham just because it would have been with the Vikings and they would have like won the it. Super Bowl. I like and it. I think he deserves a Super Bowl anyways, just because he's a he was a great quarterback and a fun one to watch. But specifically 1998 Randall Cunningham. So I'll say, I'll say this is another preface. That everything Warren Moon has done post-career, I do not sign on the dotted line, okay? So he's been accused of a few things that are pretty creepy, and I don't like them. Let's put that aside, though. Whatever happened with that? Anything? Uh, I don't know. Okay, we can I move on. Know, but just, <laughs> right. you know... What was that the noise? He, <laughs> He's one of the coolest stories in NFL history, though. USFL guy. Doesn't come into yeah. the league until age 28. Struggles his early years on bad, bad, god-awful teams. And then in the early 90s and late 80s, runs some of the most fun offenses of all time. And he always got the rap as a guy who couldn't win in the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. They had a couple of meltdowns after really great teams, and they lost in the playoffs. So Warren Moon never won, and I would give Warren Moon a ring because he had an amazing career. All right, that is Hot Routes. Thank you, Danny, for your Cleveland-related contributions. My pleasure. We will take a break. Uh, Early in the show, I asked about um, Aaron Rodgers and where we see him going this year. I compared his best four years to his last four years, and there's a pretty big difference in his numbers. So I want to ask Rami, who was recently in Wisconsin, whether he thinks that Rodgers is going to bounce back to that eliteness, or if the Rodgers we've seen recently is who he's going to be. We'll be right back. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Back here on Purple Daily, in the first part of our show, I threw it out there to Twitter.com 
about um, Aaron Rodgers. I was joking around yesterday about Rodgers and trying to come up with hot but defensible quarterback takes. And my hot but defensible quarterback take is that Aaron Rodgers is washed up. And so I put it out there for Twitter. How crazy is it? Super crazy? Only a little crazy? And stop this nonsense. 12% think it's super crazy. 68% think it's only a little crazy. And 20% would prefer that I stop. That's over 500 votes on Twitter. Now, let me throw this out there to you, Rami Maklov. When Aaron Rodgers uh, was in his prime, in his peak, his peak four years, he had a 112 quarterback rating from 2011 to 2014, which is preposterous. I mean, it's just like it's nonsense. How does this even happen? It, right. Those are video game numbers. That's the leader in the league most of the time. That's Tech Mobile. And that was four years of Aaron Rodgers. Through that time, he barely ever lost any football games, basically. He had a 14 and one season, a 12 and four season, just out of this world stuff from Rodgers. Over his last four seasons, He's 30, 24, and 1, a very memorable one, with a 98.2 quarterback rating and 7.1 yards per attempt, which is down from 8.5 yards per attempt during his best years. Now, to say he's washed is too aggressive, obviously. You can still I saw play. that tweet last hour in the first hour of Purple Daily, and I, I was like, Collard's joking, right? Or has he completely well, well, lost his mind? The whole point was the hottest take possible right. but is somewhat defensible. Right, right, right. I didn't know that context. Yeah. And okay. the way that I am would defend it is to say that his numbers have dropped off to the point where he's not moving the ball down the field like he once was. He's still good, but nowhere close to the best quarterback in the NFL. Is that accurate to you? Or, or are the numbers kind of twisted by his coach getting older and the team not being as good? I think it's it's possible that he's on the other side of the hill as far as NFL, as far as his NFL career goes. That I think that is a possibility. I don't think that's the reality, but I can see exploring that possibility. I think there's enough there to explore that possibility. I would put more of the drop off on the fact that as you just pointed out, his coach was getting older, that relationship seemed to get stale and deteriorate and if you look at it on an even on an even larger level, the bigger picture, Ted Thompson in his last four or five years as the Packers general manager, where in the early part of his tenure as their general manager, this was a guy who lived and died with draft and develop, wanted nothing to do with free agency, and it was working for him because he was very good at drafting. And mm-hmm. then Mike McCarthy and his staff were very good at developing. Somewhere along the line, he lost his magic touch. There, there are indications that health problems with Ted Thompson might have played a factor in that. And he, they just weren't hitting on draft picks. Any quarterback, while their roster is being picked apart because of NFL free agency being what it is, guys retiring, Jordy Nelson going elsewhere, while the talent around you, the talent level around you is going down and your relationship with your coach is slowly deteriorating, I would challenge any NFL quarterback to overcome that and keep putting up Tecmo Bowl numbers. And because he is still very talented, his numbers are okay and projected over 16 games the last four years. You're still talking about a guy averaging 4,200 yards per 16 games, 33 touchdowns. It's just that this is not otherworldly, getting sacked a lot more than he used to. And last year he only throws two picks, but... 
how many throwaways did the guy have? I, I looked up this number a while back, and it was twice as many as the next best quarterback in terms of just throwing the ball away, which can be a skill and can be good when you're getting a lot of pressure. But he was just holding the ball and holding the ball and holding the ball and then throwing it away. Right. There were times where last year he just didn't look like the same player. And by his pro football focus numbers over the last four years, 2015, 2017 are the lowest grades of his career. And I mean, this is natural when you're putting up numbers that are the best of all time over a certain section. But in 2015 and 2017, he's kind of like upper middle pack of the NFL by PFF and by the traditional numbers, not really that much better. Um, just, just being good in 2016, really, really good. But you're talking about three of the last four years where it just hasn't set the world on fire for Aaron Rodgers. And I guess what it comes down to fundamentally is, do we believe that it was all Mike McCarthy losing his fastball, or was it Mike McCarthy still dialing things up, expecting Aaron Rodgers to be the same Aaron Rodgers, and he just wasn't all the time? I think we can say it's a little bit of both. I don't think it's an either-or question. I think you can say it's a little bit of both. Mike McCarthy was losing his fastball. I mean, if the things in that Ty Dunn piece at the Bleacher Report were true, that the head coach and basically the president of football operations is what Mike McCarthy was at that point in his career, is up in his hotel room getting a massage while Friday meetings are going on, that's a problem, dude. That's a real That's a real problem. And that's a coach who's gotten a little bit too comfortable. And I think a byproduct of that was Rodgers going... Hey man, really? You're at meetings. You're you're at getting a massage while we're in meetings and finalizing the game plan for Sunday. Why am I going to follow what you have to say? Why would I? Why would I call the audible you want me to call? Mm-hmm. You're not even in the meeting on Friday. You're busy <laughs> right. getting a massage. So I think that you saw the arrows start to go down with McCarthy. That that speeded up the the rela- the deterioration of that relationship, and so they they fed on each other. So do we really think that LaFleur is going to be able to resolve the issue of Aaron Rodgers' personality? I mean, there's part of it, and I understand it's a new person and McCarthy, and you're with one person for a long time. Um, You've probably had this happen where you work at a job for a long time, Mm -hmm. and then you need a fresh start somewhere else. And then your attitude is better in the new place that you go. I may or may not be describing myself. Like, your attitude (laughs) is better because, you know, maybe there are people there that, uh, treat you better, or you get along with better. They have a better plan, or whatever it is, uh, whatever it might be. So describing yourself, but, right? Yes, a hundred percent. But mm-hmm. it happens with athletes all the time, right? They get uh, the change of scenery thing is absolutely real. And for this, sure. it's a new coach. And I brought up the John Elway example of um, Mike Shanahan coming into Denver and replacing Dan Reeves, and then Denver takes off and they win the two Super Bowls with John Elway, and it's happily ever after. And that's late in. Elway's career, where at some point someone somewhere might have been saying, "Is Elway starting to look a little washed?" And then you know, Terrell right. Davis shows up. Um, but that's another big part of it too. I think we're we're about we're about to find out because quarterbacks can have so much success that they start to to tune everybody else out, and they mm-hmm. don't think they need to be coached anymore. It happened to Brett Favre. 
that same exact thing happened to Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. And when Mike McCarthy got to Green Bay and inherited Brett Favre, he saw a guy who didn't want to watch film. <laughs> who didn't want to go through everything that an NFL quarterback goes through over the course of a week of practice. He just mm-hmm. wanted to show up on Sunday and do what he could do just showing up on Sunday because he was that good. Mm-hmm. And Mike McCarthy said, that's not how we're going to do things around here anymore. And took really took Brett Favre's game to another level by by making him sit down and watch film. And then I think we saw even another level of that when he came and played for Brad Childress. And I think revenge and bad blood fueled that focus and dedication a little bit. But guys can get so good and their egos, their heads get so big mm-hmm. that they can't be coached anymore. We're, we're about to find out if that's the case with Aaron Rodgers or if it was just specifically the case of the relationship with Mike McCarthy breaking down. So maybe you could speak to this also, but the health has to be somewhat of this conversation. Absolutely. It's not just that he had a broken collarbone from Anthony Barr landing on him and then got hit last year in Chicago. He played through that for a really long time last year. He claims he he was playing on a fractured tibia last year. And there are doubts to that claim. I've heard medical professionals say a guy couldn't play football, especially not at the level that Aaron Rodgers did. Yeah. It's just not feasible that a guy could do that on a fractured tibia. He ran like a read option or something play against the Vikings right after he got hurt in the game before. Didn't he? Didn't he? And I in that week two game, I thought he took off running or he did like a read option play, tried to sneak for a first down from the shotgun or something. But with a broken tibia, that would be mildly difficult, I think. Mildly, and, yes. And again, it, it it really speaks to just him, right, and his personality. Of there's a little bit of hey, do you ever do anything wrong, Aaron, or is it always you know somebody else? Somebody else's fault. We don't know anything about there that. There definitely here, is but. an element of that to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the I, finger pointing. And if, but that's the thing is, if he's going to be just good and not unbelievable, then that goes over really poorly. When he's unbelievable, it's like, okay, well, you know, all right, that's fine. You're fourteen and one, right? And you're incredible, and you're doing things that no human has ever done before. But when you're ten and six, and you're throwing the ball away a lot, and not taking risks because you want to keep your interception numbers down. Like uh, I don't know if that's as good of a look for I'm you. Not so I have f- a lot of questions, I guess, about how this is going to go. I'm not the first to, to point out the theory of the sliding scale in professional sports. The better you are, the more crap people are willing to deal with. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It really is that simple. All right. Uh, I've got a question about Kirk Cousins. Oh. Someone wrote for NFL. It'll be the only question we ask this year about Kirk Cousins. So you get the one. This will be the last time we talk about him. Answer. Yep. Okay. The last time we discuss Kirk Cousins this right. year. That's always the funniest tweet that I ever get. I don't ever mind if anyone tweets me and tells me I'm an idiot for an opinion. I'm like, all right, well, fair enough. You know, maybe yeah. like might be sure might be wrong. Um, the one I don't get is you guys stop talking about the quarterback. Like, no, nope, <laughs> never, no. I will not ever stop talking about the quarterback as long as they have one. So, anyway. For me in Milwaukee, it was, are you guys really talking about the Packers in the middle of the summer? Yes. 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 Because it's football. We have a whole show in the middle of the summer about football because everyone likes football. All right. Um, But a Kirk Cousins question for you based on something that was written on NFL.com when we return here on Purple Daily. So now first and goal. But that exchange cost Minnesota a timeout. Cousins throws as he backpedals for the touchdown to Diggs. 
But Joe Buck sounded mad at her cousins for messing up a timeout there. It's like very downtrodden about losing that timeout. Like, oh, that just cost them the timeout. And I mean, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. He had money on the game. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, are you aware, Rami, of how much people here don't like Joe Buck? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, the same thing. It's the same thing in all three cities that I have affiliations in. Now that's funny because the one of the reasons is Randy Moss and the mooning thing and sure. the disgusting act. Which in was, in Chicago, know. they hate him because he's from St. Louis. He okay. does Cardinals games, oh, right. so he must be against our team when he's on the call for Fox. So Green Bay, though, you're gonna have to explain and because Green most Bay, people here think that he actually is in love with Aaron Rodgers. Not loves him, but in love with him. Most people there think that he hates the Packers and is always rooting against whoever the Packers are playing when he's doing it. Okay. And he's arrogant. That's the other thing people in Wisconsin have a problem with. You know, with Joe Buck, I don't have any issue. It's just like I don't really pay that much of attention, uh, especially national games. I'm kind of sometimes watching and working at the same time or sure. whatever. But... uh there are a few things that are sort of off-putting with him, and one of them is all the plastic surgery and stuff that he's had, which are like, you're a sports broadcaster, man. I mean, like, I get it, but like that doesn't really scream sports. Sure. You know, like, there's something about him that says, I'm kind of better than you, that isn't even really intentional, but it's just his vibe. Two things endeared me to Joe Buck. Uh, endeared is probably a strong word, but I used to dislike him, and now I've I've warmed up to him. One, he was on the Howard Stern show, and Howard just has a way of like humanizing mm-hmm. and and warming you up to people who you either disliked or just had no feelings about before that interview. He was really open. He talked about the plastic surgery, yeah. how yeah. stupid it was to get the hair plugs and risk the hair plugs somehow. There was some sort of hormonal thing that messed up his voice yes. and his vocal yes. cords, so he risked his livelihood and the thing that makes him famous. For pure vanity and putting in hair plugs and was willing to admit that and how stupid it was. And then the other thing was, do you watch Brockmire? I have, I am aware of it, but I have not so watched it. So Joe Buck plays Joe Buck on Brockmire, oh, okay. but it's a character that amplifies, multiplies all the things you hate about Joe Buck. Oh, okay. okay. And, and to, to play, to play that character and poke fun at yourself and be self-aware enough to know what people hate about you. Is I think is 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 funny and and warms me up to the guy. And I think that fans in Minnesota should let it go after a really good call on the Minneapolis Miracle by Joe Buck. Simple and let it breathe. He didn't go over the top of that call, but there's also a little bit of you know how Alex Rodriguez was the most hated athlete for a long time, it, just because of the whole you know steroids and lying on TV and everything else that went along with that, and plus his general vibe and the way he came across as a terrible teammate, selfish mm-hmm. guy. And then Alex Rodriguez seemingly became really aware of what people thought of him and made every effort to turn that around. And now I think he's pretty well liked, and he's on TV. He's so terrible, dude. He's not good on he's it. He's so bad. But I think that his his overall, how people looked at him has changed. And I think the same thing with Joe Buck, where he's not a different guy, but he's positioned himself pretty well for people to kind of let go some of the sure. issues they had yeah. with him. But Minnesota will not let that go. <laughs> uh, the question that I had for you about Kirk Cousins was this. Adam Rank from NFL.com 
wrote about the Vikings and their season. And shocking hot take here from him. He said, to be a successful season, the Vikings must go back to the playoffs. Like, wow, okay, right. Um, <laughs> That's quite the lib you're stepping out on there. Every dude. team, right. I think, it, it has that, probably. Uh, but he writes kind of a just a one line that's mixed in this massive piece about the state of the Vikings. He says Cousins is kind of a dark horse MVP if things go right for Say the what? Vikings. Cousins is kind of a dark horse MVP if things go right for the Vikings. Do you agree with that? That is the darkest of horses. I cannot. I mean, it's like what, Black Beauty. What kind of season? <laughs> Would the Vikings have to have? Does he say what kind of season he and the Vikings would have to have for Kirk Cousins to get consideration for MVP? I mean, we'd have to be talking about a 12 and 4, 13 and 3 type of season where Kirk Cousins has by far the best year he's ever had in his career. Somebody's probably going to throw for 5,000 yards in the NFL again this year. Last year, a couple guys did it. Mahomes, of course. And they're going to run the ball a lot, right? I mean, they're going to run and play action. And I almost think that 12-4, and you'll probably have one of the better defenses. Delvin Cook stays healthy if you're 12-4. and And the wide receivers are always going to get a lot of the credit here. He would have to have some type of unbelievable 5,000-yard season to have that happen. Right. I mean, all, all he says is if things go right for the Vikings. Like, they would have to go... So stupidly right that you go 14 and 2. We're obviously out of time, and I don't expect you to answer this question, but when was the last time a guy went from being an above average good quarterback to MVP this late in their career? I don't know that that's ever happened. MVP of the whole league? Right. No, it's usually superstars. I answered it anyway. All right. Mackie and Judd with Rami is coming up next. Make sure you uh, download Purple Daily wherever you get your podcasts and, and so forth. So we'll talk to you. I'm off tomorrow. So talk to you Thursday. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.